it's just, it's just funny. It's, it's funny. you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, Dick. Who are you? Ladies and gents, what is going on? Hey, thanks as always for tuning in to another fantastic episode of the Brado Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Tony Brado, and, uh, you know, today is a fun episode. I say that with most episodes because typically they're uh, they're pretty fun, and then, you know, naturally, if I'm not talking about financial health or mental health, I like to talk about physical health. This episode with Asama is actually a little bit everything. I first uh, found uh, Asama. I'm going to butcher his last name, but I'm going to leave it in the description below. <laughs> Katani? Osama Katani? I think that's correct. Osama, I'm sorry, dude. But I first found uh, Osama on uh, on TikTok when he was doing these cool challenges uh, that I found very intriguing and just, you know, uh, reached out to him in the DM and uh, wanted to kind of pick his brain a little bit about his thought process on, you know, how hard it is to keep up with the physical, to keep up with a good regimen, right? Without all the pressure and everything that's going on, more importantly, just all the time. We don't have a lot of time to do all this stuff, but, you know, when you factor in like cold plunges and contrast training and working out every day and, you know, you want to read because you want to get smarter and then you're told to meditate and all this type of stuff. So there's just not enough time in the day. How can we be more productive to ensure that we're being the best humans possible? So Osama and I had a, a really cool conversation. I think I'm going to have him on multiple times, Osama, if you're cool with that. But I'm going to leave his Instagram in the episode notes. So definitely check him out as well as his TikTok. Again, just some really cool content there. But, you know, it was a good conversation. So I think you guys are going to get a kick out of it. And, you know, speaking of health, you know, naturally you hear me talk about perfect keto. For me personally, I'm not a big fan of taking 100 pills in a day. To maintain a healthy lifestyle. So Perfect Keto makes it very easy to implement, you know, healthy fats, protein, good carbohydrates, because there are such things as good and bad, right? But they do a really good job in creating products that not only are delicious, but you can just implement them into your daily routine. For instance, I use collagen that they have, which is vanilla flavor. They even have salted crumble that we occasionally use. But the wife and I put that in our coffee, which is really great. And then, of course, they have uh, super greens, which is a greens powder. So it gives you all the fruits and veggies that you would need in a serving. So if you don't have the time to eat like a handful of broccoli and a bunch of berries every single day, you can have their greens powder. And then, of course, just on the go, they have tons of great snacks uh, and everything as well. Well, I'll leave a discount link in the episode notes, but if you go to perfectketo.com, use the code THEBERARDO just for being a listener of this podcast, you're going to get a whopping 20%. Super exciting. Check them out. It'll help support Perfect Keto, but also help support the podcast as well. Everyone, please help me welcome today's guest, Osama Katani. <laughs> Sorry again, buddy. I mean, I've, I've had a podcast for almost three years now, and it's just kind of like a side hustle that I do. And it actually, funny story. It started as me like, you have an iPhone or an Android? Yeah. Okay, good. First, we're already friends because you know the green bubble says positive. Uh, <laughs> but so you know the Notes app on the iPhone. Yeah. So it started off like me like doing this in my closet, like this closet. And I would have like soundboards and I would just like in the voice memo app, just kind of like, you know, today uh, I learned this and that. And it was just me talking to myself only because my wife, it was, she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife just hated hearing me talk. <laughs> like I, like I would come, I would come back and be like, you know, Hey babe, I, you know, I saw, uh, I saw this documentary, like, here's my thoughts on it. And she's like, <laughs> so that's why I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. Good. And then I'm now sure, it's yeah. kind of morphed into this, uh, this thing cool. where I have like sponsors now and, and all that. So it's cool, but 
yeah, it's definitely That's not amazing. not something I was planning on doing. But it's yeah. fun. Um, I will say, though, this virtual thing is cool, and I'm so glad we can connect. So, so thanks for taking the time. But it is uh, my whole point to that was it's shitty to do this virtually thing to your to your earlier question about the echo and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just hate that delay. Like I used to have people come to the studio and uh, it was obviously way better face to face. Any conversation yeah. is, is better that way. But of course, I'm 100 percent a face to face kind of guy. Like yeah. the hierarchy is face to face in person, then sure. FaceTime, <laughs> then a call and then text. Yeah. So I'll, I'll work my way down first before I text somebody. I love that. Yeah, I've I've actually been doing this new thing, which if my friends are listening, they're probably laughing because I select like five or six people a week and every Mm -hmm. Friday morning or Monday morning, depending on who the person is, I send voice memos. Uh, Mm. Again, if they have an iPhone, if you have an Android, I don't do it to you because you have an Android. Um, (laughs) But if you if you have an iPhone, yeah, I do that. And I'll just like I'll say things like, you know, like my buddy Bobby, who's a who's a creator and um, shout out Bobby Hicks. And I'll send him like a voice memo a couple times a month and I'll be like, yo, dude, your content, I don't know if anybody's told you lately, is fucking fire. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. even if you don't get any jobs this week, just your shit is on point, bro. And I've been doing that a lot lately and it just makes me feel good because I can express to people that I don't normally talk to a lot uh, how I feel without like the rigmarole of like going on their DM and going through these weird yeah. chats with gifts and shit. Like it's kind of cool to either if you can't see somebody to hear their voice it's uh it's interesting yeah Yeah, it's it's helped me mentally a little bit and you know a lot of them have reached out saying it's helped their day as well so that's nice yeah dude but facetime's the way to go for sure so thanks for doing this of course i'm not great at describing myself just because like i don't okay so my name is osama i'm 22 years old i live in new york city i grew up in new jersey um and I'm just like interested in a lot of very different things. So I can't really describe myself under like a single vertical. Um, I mean, you reach out to me because of my health series on TikTok, but like health is not even my primary background. I think I'm just mm. a guy who's very focused on like bettering my life. And I think it's always interesting to like take that experience and try to transform it in other people's lives. At the end of the day, I feel like we're all very similar. We're all the same to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if something helps me, it's an interesting you know, uh, way to think about like, okay, just take what helped me and try to narrate it in a way that helps other people. Mm. And I, I, I think I describe like everything that I do. Um, I'm, I studied economics in college, but mm. I'm not like particularly um, like business focused. Um, sure. I'm not, I don't also have, I, I neither have a, a medical degree either. So I'm kind of a little all over the place. And right now I'm landing on, on like a, a health concept that I'm trying to work on. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. I mean, it, it caught my attention, man. My whole background is uh, is health and wellness, and my whole podcast is, is yeah. about health, wellness, and social interaction. Um, but me, I've been uh, I've been extremely interested lately. I was a certified personal trainer a long time ago, and then mm-hmm. I I uh, opened up my own company. I'm a UGC creator now, and uh, me and my wife own a um, a date night subscription box uh, company that, yeah, that we just cool. oh, thanks, man. Uh, so you know, it's been fun just kind of being an entrepreneur. But the last two, three years when I first started this podcast, I was diagnosed with Crohn's mm. disease. And I have a very interesting case. I won't uh, bother you with the, uh, uh, the the disgusting nuances of that. You can listen to my other podcast on that if you want. Um, but uh, I also, th- just this past year, I had a, uh, a tumor that was found on my lung. Wow. Um, yeah, thank goodness it, it was benign. It wasn't cancerous, but I ended up getting it removed and 
I had all these like obviously crazy things that happened in the last year that I had to go through. So it's kind of opened my eyes a lot more in terms of like uh, having people on that, not necessarily whether they have medical backgrounds or not, of course, that's a bonus, but just talking to people more about health because I feel like as much as I was doing on my podcast before, I was kind of like just fucking around, like talking with friends. And I've had a lot of experts on that kind of like you, I just reached out in the DM and they came on and I never talked to them obviously after that. And then that's kind of where I'm, I'm missing the boat. I think like I'm kind of like putting out this content one and done type of thing versus like making that my staple, my legacy, so to speak. And I really want to focus more on that to where I'm getting with people like yourself that even if you don't have a background, just talking about it and spreading the word and creating content about whether it's health, wellness, or social interaction, how we communicate with people. And like you said, we're all the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. in terms of like, we have different things, but we're all organisms. We're all beings. We're all people. And the more we can yeah. connect like this, I think the better. So that's really what I've been trying to do with, with this show. That's amazing. Honestly, I think like health and wellness is such a, it's such a key space. It's like mm. the common denominator with everybody. Like, like you right. said, we all come from, we all have different experiences, but like biologically we're all the same. We all want the same like chemical reactions in our brain. And so that happens often, you know, differently for different people, but sure. to an extent there's like huge commonalities, the food we eat, the way we sleep and, and so on. So this is definitely an interesting space. And I, and I do think over the next 10 years, we'll be like the next human innovation. I think 10 mm-hmm. years from now, I don't know, the, most of the, a lot of the monetary value created uh, like via finding solutions to a lot of health problems um, are going to be like a big, a, a big, big thing. In the next second, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, yeah. so much has changed, right? Like just in mm-hmm. the, uh, I mean, the mental health space alone. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we, we know nothing about the gut or the brain. But just mentally, it's so interesting, like things about circadian rhythm, uh, which is interesting. I just did a podcast on that and that opened up my mind drastically, you know, and uh, and that combined with like contrast therapy. I don't know if you ever heard of contrast therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not that term, but, um, you know, ice baths. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Right? Yes. So I've been doing that for years, but now that's like on a fucking tick, dude. Like you go yeah. on Instagram reels or TikTok, every like five people are dunking in a plunge and doing an ice bath. And you're like, what are these fucking psychos Me too. Doing? <laughs> I'm exactly yeah. that guy now. You're right. But it's awesome though, because once yeah. you do it, you're like, you see so many great benefits of that. So essentially contrast training is like, it's, it's, um, it's ice baths or ice showers mm-hmm. or cold mm-hmm. showers mixed with uh, heat therapy. So whether it's a sauna okay. or a hot shower. You know? So, so actually just today, so every day I, I steam and cold shower at my gym uh, by my place. Uh, and unfortunately, it's out of order for like a couple of weeks, which is so uh. saddening to me. But what I think was interesting about the cold showers thing, cold showers is, is so is so simple, right? It's just like you you don't turn the dial as much in, like in your bath. Um, but the interesting thing there is for the amount of benefits that it brings to people, it's like largely underutilized. Like people don't do it as often as they should. Now, it's like a mixture of people not wanting to make themselves uncomfortable first thing in the morning. Like I, I definitely prefer hot showers. Uh, but cold showers, obviously, like the benefits vastly outweigh hot showers. But the most interesting, interesting thing about it is like a very simple, I guess you call it like asymmetry of information, mm-hmm. um, like educating people on the vast benefits of a very simple lifestyle change to me always, always interests me because I'm like very much in the belief that it takes 10 to 20 lifestyle change, lifestyle changes in your life to like 10x the way you feel. So that means you're 10xing. Uh, the way you feel every day, your energy, your motivation, your interactions with people, the general way you conduct yourself, the kind of energy you can put into your work, 
your lifestyle, your family, your friends. Um, mm. And it's, it's super interesting to think about like, yeah, a cold shower is going to help me pour more energy and motivation and alertness to all those things in my life. That's but right. like, um, I think I saw recently, uh, it was a clip, I think it was from Andrew Huberman. Um, I love it's funny now that I, now that I have like a, a pot, um, sorry, a, a platform, I need to start being like a lot more careful about, um, Wait, exactly what I'm citing, <laughs> but yeah, from what I understand, uh, Andrew Huberman quoted this study, I believe by the university of Singapore, I, I like comb through it. Uh, but the benefits of prolonged cold bath exposure. So between like 30 and 60 minutes, uh, and they saw like the baseline of dopamine go up like 250% in, uh, in the people that did it. So it's like, it's crazy stuff like that. I mean, that, that's like a dopamine increase that rivals cocaine, but like more natural and your baseline levels return, uh, your, your levels return to like your, your natural baselines and doesn't like um, overly correct downwards. So there's, there's all kinds of really cool, interesting pieces of information like that, that I think help people start to, you know, cross that barrier of discomfort, like taking a cold shower and it just ends up vastly improving their quality of life. That's right. And, you know, to that point, um, I can't find the Huberman thing just because it's uh, only a couple mm -hmm. seconds. I'm not like Jamie yeah. from the Joe Rogan experience. But I will <laughs> say, though, um, from Healthline, uh, a small study came out a few years ago involving 20 participants, which I know that's not the study Huberman was talking about. Um, yeah. But it shows that athletes who soaked in a pool of cold water uh, above 15 to 30 degrees, so freezing or below mm -hmm. freezing, reported less muscle soreness than those who had hydrotherapy after exercising. So even just cold showers or cold plunging um, yeah. during your off days or after workouts, just mm -hmm. to help with soreness, let's say that it was the only benefit. Well, the good news that people don't understand is, because obviously that's one of many benefits of, of plunging, but not only will it help with soreness, but also if you are less sore, because what's the biggest complaint that people get into when they start training a lot? They go like, three days a week and like, uh, my upper body's sore. So I had to take four days off. Next thing yeah. you know, we all know this, right? If you take any days off to get back in that routine, oh, 100%. it's the worst. So if it yeah. just decreases soreness, let's say that was the only benefit that alone is worth it. Because now if you're less sore, which means you could train more constantly, get on a routine, get the results faster that, that you want to get. And yeah. that's just one of the many benefits of, of cold therapy. And you know, you said it earlier where people don't want to get into the habit of like shocking their body and being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What I found, especially through my years of training and, and um, doing a lot of different practices to help with my disease, I found that the more uncomfortable we get, right, it and that's the whole purpose of contrast training. It literally reactivates these these uh, these protein senses in our body. And like what the, what they call uh, shock proteins, heat proteins. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing these saunas and these cold therapies, you're literally shocking the body to the point to where it's going to increase your immune system. And it's apparently, you know, preparing your body for fight or flight, right? Like this is kind yeah. of where evolutionary, if you go way back, like we kind of look at like these cold uh, movements. Think of it like when a winter was coming. Right. Mm -hmm. And your body's like kind of going in this hibernation and it has to like fight for food really quickly because everything's going to freeze over. So we have to hurry up and gather and hunt and fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's something special when when you're when you're doing these, you know, cold baths like I've done 20, 30 degrees and even just for three, mm -hmm. four minutes, you get out of it and you like you think you go numb. You want to like wrestle a saber toothed tiger. Like Dude, you're you feel like go. a superhuman. huh? It's yeah. I, I come out feeling like an absolute like 
just incredible. Now, two important um, observations there. So one is that my, so I did, for those who don't know, I did a 30-day series of Try Not To Be Tired All The Time, where every day I made one lifestyle change to feel more energy and motivation. And very early on, my biggest learning was that in order to feel more energetic throughout your day, you don't necessarily save your energy. You, you go out and create it. It's basically like a spend energy to get energy kind of thing. And so it, it kind of like um, relates heavily to what you were just talking about. You almost need to like shock your body into being more active and, and, and like creating more energy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so cool. And then the second one on the, on the cold showers, I'm not sure where I read this, but like just um, uh, logically it makes sense. When you're shocking your body and you're eliciting this almost like fight or flight response, your body starts focusing on like, you know, maintaining homeostasis and body temperature and a lot of like core functions. So you can think about it both like mentally and physically, your body's like not as worried about perhaps super, superficial stressors in your life. Mm -hmm. um, I remember I started cold showering back in college, uh, just like on and off. Um, and I could see myself like, if my body thinks like it's in danger, it's getting shocked into this fight or flight mode, uh, maybe subconsciously I'm not as nervous about like a problem set <laughs> or an exam. That's right. That's right. Now it doesn't like literally that one, two connection in my brain doesn't happen, but right. I'd imagine that like deep inside your brain, that kind of, uh, response is happening. So I think it's super interesting for sure. And I would even, I would even, uh, say if I had to like throw a cliff notes on cold therapy or something, I would say, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's one of many ways to humbling the body. Uh, meaning Ooh. when you do things like that, it really brings you down a couple pegs, like as a human. And, you know, the fact that you have to wait another week before the Kardashians come out with an episode isn't that big of a deal. You know, like it, <laughs> right, exactly. it kind of like it just kind of brings you down to where it prepares your body to where, dude, nothing outside this this vessel is important. Mm -hmm. Literally yeah. nothing. Um, you know, yeah, your family's important. Sure. But your family's not always going to be here. Your friends aren't always going to be here. Your house isn't always going to be here. Like you know, Starbucks isn't always going to be on the corner. Like there's a lot of things that are out of control. I would even challenge to say there's more things out of your control than in your control, oh, but yeah. you can control one thing. And that is this vessel. So if 100%. you could focus more on like stabilizing it and preparing it for war, um, I think that's the best way to go. And cold therapy is one of the, yeah. one of the drivers to that. So this whole like mental realm is super, super interesting to me. I mean, when I started that 30 day series, I was kind of uh, Great a series, friend of mine. Great series, by the way, if people don't, sorry to interrupt. If people don't no, know, no. it's on, did you post it on Instagram or just TikTok? Just TikTok, yeah. Bro, you got to get on that reel, son. Yeah, I, I will soon. I mean, it's only been, I started the, the TikTok account a month and a half ago. Um, so like, I'm still relatively new oh, to the whole, like yeah. this creating thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll see, maybe I'll, yeah. you'll help me out and just like guide me there. By the way, sign um, up before you get into that, because I want to hear about it. Um, yeah. use, uh, use snaptalk.app, I think is what it is. Use the link to your TikTok, put it on that website, and you can download the original video without the TikTok watermark and post that as a reel. You're done. Interesting. Because if you post your TikTok on a reel, the new Instagram algorithm is going to boot it. Interesting. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll message it afterwards. But Great. Yeah, good stuff. Because get on reels, bro, because reels is the way to go. And it's, you huh. know, luckily I'm on TikTok, but a lot of people need to see your content. And you need yeah. to spread it out because it's it's good shit. So talk about this thirty day. Yeah, I forgot exactly why I brought it up. Because <laughs> it's uh, it's a cool experiment. Man. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a great experiment. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it was just it was amazing. I mean, I would have never have thought like thirty days can uh, impact my body so much. 
Mm. Like I see it in like the way I conduct myself, my workouts. I see it in my face, uh, even my hair. Like you just see it everywhere, really. I was reflecting on it. I, I did almost like a, I, I guess they call them like a postmortem, like ref, like journaling, reflecting on my 30 day experience, sure. seeing how I was conducting myself differently today than I was about like a month and a half ago. I could have done this maybe perhaps a bit better uh, as a part of the, the 30 day series, but like I was expecting people to like, you know, one off video, like see it and like take, um, use it as an idea generator for their lifestyle. Sure. Uh, but a lot of people started following on super, super early. And I, I wasn't expecting that. They followed on like day one through 30 through till the 30 day recap, all that stuff. Uh, it would have been really interesting to like set some kind of system for people. And maybe I would recommend just like do it on your day-to-day -day life uh, before you, you undergo any like physical challenge like that, physical mental challenge. Um, like, I guess create certain metrics for your, not just your body, but like your life. So uh, maybe a category for your mind, a category for your, your, your physique, or your like how much you're lifting, um, mm. a category for like your social, uh, how you, you treat your friends and your family. And then like those little intangibles, things that you can't quite quantify, um, just journal out like what your general like energy and what your general uh, intentions are in those categories. And then see like just 30 days of improving your physical lifestyle and feeling more energy and see how it changes each of those intangibles. Because like, yeah, you can, I, I, I lost a little bit of weight and gained, gained a little bit more muscle, uh, but I was also just like kinder to my siblings. Um, I was like more willing to just like, I don't know, pick up trash on the street. I was more willing to like clean my room and stuff like that. So mentally uh, just overall clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's just mm. like, I, I can't quite describe it, but it's just like, like you said, I, I think it's that, that like humbling of the body that, that I'm going to write that down because uh, that really like Take struck it, a chord with me. That's all yeah. yours. <laughs> it's going to my bio, bro. That's it. I fucking love um, it. And then also if, so for people who don't know, so it was, it was 30 days, but yeah. every day you were doing something new or it was consistently the same thing every day. Yeah. I mean, so this was like, a, a, I guess like the, perhaps in my eyes, the one downside as like an experiment, I was doing 30 lifestyle changes every day and they would stack to the previous. So the first day I did one change, the second day they stacked. Mm. Now what I tried to do, the best I could do is like um, order them in a way that was like both easy to do. So it was convenient. So things stacked, but also second, uh, try to jump to like different health categories in an effort to not like, you know, overestimate the confounding variables. So, I mean, a, a lot of people in, in the comments, which like is a, is a good criticism, I guess, but I mean, my goal wasn't necessarily to just like, test each experiment individually. I just want to like make my life better over 30 days. And, and most of these are, are, are generally pretty good, like obvious changes that I did. So, so day one was 15 minutes of sunlight. And then I, as soon as I wake up, that's a big uh, Andrew Huberman uh, uh, thing right there. Yeah. And then I think it was like either day three or four was 15 minutes of stretching in the morning. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I'll just like do both together in the morning. Now, which one is like completely improving my morning routine and making me feel super energetic? I don't quite know, but they're both generally good changes. Uh, and I felt way better. So I was less concerned with like, which of these changes are generally improving my lifestyle and more so just like, okay, has my general, the quality of life increased. But yeah. it also brought up like an interesting thought. Um, a lot of people want to like pinpoint the three things that that's going to happen or that they're going to do right. to vastly improve their lifestyle. But that yeah. is not the way it works. That was like no. possibly one of the biggest learnings I've had over 30 days. Feeling good, it, it takes effort to start. Obviously, it takes you being like very deliberate and intentional about it. Uh, and it requires you to like, like we were talking about at the beginning, to put your body through like some systems of shock and stressors. But like, you know, over time it gets easier. It becomes almost second nature. One of the most uncomfortable changes I've had to make just because it, it took so much like mental energy to, to, to follow through with it 
was chewing 20 times before I swallowed. It was, it's weird. It's really, it's a really weird, weird one. It took me a while to get used to it, but now I just like, I find myself chewing up to the point, like the food gets like pretty watery and I swallow it. Right. It's had interesting benefits. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it's never going to be three things. It's going to be like 20 things that you do to change your lifestyle. That's right. That's right. And you know, the, the chewing thing is interesting to me because, um, that's one thing I had to, to do because of my Crohn's disease. So the mm, whole idea of, yeah. of Crohn's, if you don't know in a nutshell, is there's a lot of different negatives that come from it, but with me in particular, um, my case is not like if I have a thing of chicken wings, I have to go run to the bathroom. That's most cases. Mm-hmm. For me, it's quite the opposite. For me, no matter what I eat, I don't really know what it is, but something happens to where I get blocked up. And eventually, it'll just get to the point to where I get so blocked up, I get extremely bloated and I have to go to the hospital. Yeah. And they pump me out. Oof. So it's kind of gnarly. But the, the one thing that I found that helps, A, I'm plant-based now, and that's helped a lot, going hardcore carnivore to to now uh, mm-hmm. fully plant-based and uh, I do chew. I chew. I don't know if it's 20, but to your yeah. point, I just chew until it's mush. And mm-hmm. it was so hard for me to get used to that. A, because it's fucking disgusting. But B, <laughs> um, one thing I did realize though, that was kind of a positive from it was the, uh, I forget what they're called, but like the cheek glands that you have, the technical term for it, I forget what it is. But that's where most, aside from your tongue, that's where most of the flavor uh, metrics come from. Mm. So when you're chewing, you know, your cheeks, you can actually taste it more. And I don't know if you Ooh, noticed that, but you okay. can actually appreciate the food more That's versus, you know, it's not like when you swallow it, you could taste it on your throat. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So it's all cheeks and tongue, which I found so, very interesting. Yeah. Is it, is it that just like the longer it's in your mouth, the longer you can taste the food or is it just like the the, like, I think the, the actual, rate at which you taste. I think the actual glands, some some sort of uh, sensory glands are located on your, in, the, in the inside of your cheek. Uh-huh. So if you're chewing it, like you ever chew something and like put it on your right side, like, mm. and then if you I, just let it, if you let it hold there, you could taste it more. Like a lot of people think it's the tongue. Mm, you know what? And it feels hilarious. Yeah. 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 No, no. And I know exactly what you're talking about now because I, I love eating sunflower seeds. I just like grew up eating sunflower seeds 24 seven. Um, and I love like the, the David's ranch sunflower seeds. Yeah. And so the way bro, I eat it, I'll best. stick like, yeah, I'll stick like 50 in my mouth and like hold it right here in my cheek and then like move it. It's like a whole elaborate operation going on over there to, to eat those seeds. <laughs> but that's interesting. It almost, it almost, um, I mean, it's just like naturally I'm putting so much like flavor in my cheek and holding it there, but it, it starts to sizzle my jaw a little bit. <laughs> it's so way. true. Yeah, dude. <laughs> But yeah, dude, there's there's so many great benefits of doing these little steps to make us healthier because I don't think people understand making these changes. I even find it more interesting when I do these changes, how hard it is to break it, I find Mm. interesting. But then what's even more interesting is once you are in it, whether it's working out, cold plunges, eating right, whatever, it's hard to get out of it. I don't, like for instance, I'm plant-based, right? So I don't think it's because plant-based is better than a steak, but if I have a steak, it just, it doesn't give me the same as it used to. (laughs) Right. But I I don't know if it's habit or if it's internally, there's some type of like mechanism, you know, that our body needs to be active and needs to work out. So we crave it more Mm -hmm. because when you have like shitty food at a restaurant, you don't feel good. That's just a fact. Like any, doesn't matter how healthy or unhealthy you are. If you go to any restaurant or fast food joint, immediately afterwards, mentally you're fucked up, physically you're just, uh, you want to take a nap and take a dump. Like 
that's yeah. not the right way to live, right? But when you eat healthier yeah. and you exercise and you go out and you get that circadian rhythm like you were talking about where you hit that 15 minutes of sun in the morning and that vitamin D gets up in you, and man, something happens to your DNA where it's like, mm-hmm. this is what it, this is what it's supposed to be. That's so true. And people don't understand that. I mean, like, so we're saying like what, what, when you're so deep in a habit, it's hard to break, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. That's right. um, you're absolutely right. And I think it's definitely a function of both of those things that you men- mentioned, both of those mechanisms. It's just like a, it's a comfort and routine thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect it'll, it's probably also like a biological thing. It's just what you've, you know, conditioned your body to expect. What's so interesting is that I can see that happening both on like a mental and physical level, which is like, I think like the actual breakdown of what we just talked about. So that, that routine thing is probably a mental thing. Um, and it's just like you've timed your body as to like when it can expect certain things. Uh, and then the physical thing is just like with certain, uh, the way you intake your food, what you intake, uh, the time and all that stuff. So uh, just anecdotally, I'm a, I, at least I was a huge coffee person in the morning. Now, now I've, I've since switched to matcha, but still like that whole routine of sitting in a coffee shop in the morning. To, when I first started doing it, like in college, it was, it was just such a treat to myself. Like I, I loved doing it. It was, it was a great vibe. It was a great energy. It was very grounding, very calming, all that stuff. But now, interestingly, I hesitate to call it a crutch, but it's almost what it is. It's like a, it's a heavy reliance on existing and just being at a coffee shop in the morning, regardless of what I'm drinking, whether it's coffee or, or, or matcha or a tea or anything. Um, I've, I've created like this habitual mental reliance on, on, on going to a coffee shop in the morning. And so whatever it is, it could be, if, if I sit at a library in the morning, it's not the same thing. And so like, there's like this there's um, really specific way we train our brains. It's like, this is where I'm going to exist. Now that same like power uh, and intensity and like the way our body reacts to changing up that, those habits um, can either work for our benefit or work for our detriment. It's exactly like what you're talking about. Um, so it takes that first, let's call it like 30, 60, 90 days to really break the old habit and still a new one. But once you've instilled that new one, it like works for you. And it's kind of amazing. Um, I've been working out consistently now for a little while. Uh, I've been eating a lot better for consistently now for a while. And I just like, I really can't do it any other way. It's almost like, here, here's an example that perhaps more people will relate to. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know how old your audience typically is, but like, so I'm 22. Most of my friends are like heavy power TikTok users. Right. Uh, and so was I for a little while. We all have this thing like, like, oh my God, I spent way too much time on TikTok. I spent way too much time on Instagram or YouTube or Netflix this week. I'm going to like delete the app. What's interesting is like, there's almost a physical response stopping me from deleting it because I get an intense pang of like FOMO. Um, I'm like, I, I don't know what like my day is going to look like without it. It's, it's a bit scary. But now that I've, I've since I, I set like really harsh uh, time limits on TikTok and Instagram, Netflix, YouTube, all that stuff. I'll go onto YouTube now or I'll go on to Netflix or I'll go on to TikTok. I'm like, oh dude, this is not like fun for me anymore, which is so, so powerful. Right. And it's could not be farther from how my brain existed in relation to these like external stimuli just like six months ago, um, or even just a month ago, frankly. What you're talking about is so powerful. These like habits uh, and the way we condition our body can either work so for us or so against us. And it's just like, can you bring together the discipline over 90 days to change it? And that's it, your body's on autopilot, but in the right direction. Yeah. And you know, there's just so we're learning so much more about how the human brain works that a lot of the things that we think we needed or it needed, like you talk a lot about coffee. So that like routine that people get into, a lot of people don't understand that obviously you're getting the caffeine from the coffee. But Mm -hmm. if you just try, I tried a fun experiment um, about six months ago and uh, I didn't tell my wife about this until about a month and a half afterwards. 
But we ended up doing nothing but uh, Lavazza, which is a great coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how we do our espresso. But we did uh, decaf. And I put that in my mm. drip without telling her. And it was fresh beans. And I ground it on myself. And it was all decaf. So obviously decaf is six, substantially less. It's not zero. But it's like seven right. milligrams per cup or some shit of caffeine. Yeah. So it's about 180 grams less. And we did that. And I knew there was effects. Like I felt it. She did not. Uh-huh. She said nothing for a month. And then after wow. about four weeks, I was like, hey, did you know that I've been doing decaf? She's like, yeah, that's funny. And I go, no, seriously, it's decaf. She's like, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, look. And I showed her the, the cabinet and the packaging because I kept the packaging. I knew she was going to call me out on it. And I was like, this is the packaging. Uh-huh. And I put it in a Tupperware. And I was like, that's it. Decaf. Lavazza. And she's like, motherfucker. She's like, I got to tell you, I that's- didn't tell the difference. So, That's amazing. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up is because y- you mentioned a little bit of it before going to the coffee shop. So check this out. A study from the Journal of Environmental Psychology in 2018. Out of all the caffeine beverages in the world, researchers choose coffee as the strong aroma. The effect only occurs if the person is experiencing the sweet, earthy odor of coffee as an existing relationship with the drink. Meaning the findings of this study suggest that smelling the coffee gives the regular drinkers of coffee a cognitive boost because their brain expects the morning cup of joe to stimulate huh. them. So wow. this study essentially is saying this person, 20 people, 30 people, go into the coffee shop. Just by smelling the coffee, automatically their brain's like, we're about to get coffee, boys. Let's do it. And right. cognitively you get boosted, but you're not sipping it yet because yeah. your brain is stuck in this routine. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us? That tells us we don't necessarily need coffee. We just need to produce that that part of our, our brain to increase our cognitive ability. So it's it's really interesting once the body, you know, is capable of these types of things and we're aware and conscious of it, we can kind of yeah. duplicate it like the decaf scenario, like this scenario. Even if you just keep beans at your house and smell it, a lot of studies say that, again, that boosts that cognitive function versus having the caffeine and all the negative uh, things that come from caffeine. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, like... We- Everyone hears in school or like studies the placebo effect and whatnot. Sure. Uh, but I would, that's like a, a really interesting application and, and really interesting results. So I don't recommend uh, people out there listening that you try that with your wives because <laughs> my wife is very nice and it might not work out well uh, if you try it on your wife. But it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I got to admit though, what the hard part for me was like afterwards, I had the Lavazza espresso next to the decaf. And after these 30 days, I was like, you know, I could just keep it going. I'm like at a nice, I'm not uh-huh. fiending the coffee anymore. So yeah. I could stop it right now. I could switch to tea or matcha or I could just stop drinking coffee. But man, I started drinking it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, this is early on in the 30-day series. I think it was day three. I switched from coffee to matcha. Mm. Now, the interesting thing is so I've still had coffee on and off since then. But it's, it's taken like an entirely different function in my life. I think in just 30 days, it's changed from something that I was heavily, I'll say like addicted to it, uh, frankly, at the very like lowest end of the spectrum, it was a, a heavy, deep reliance on it. Uh, I was definitely addicted to it. Um, switching to matcha in general is just like a really good strategy for eventually waning off caffeine if that's like your desired end state. It definitely like flattens out the um, caffeine release in your body so you don't experience a lot of those midday crashes as bad. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, what coffee has now started to become is almost like a, a treat that I give to my, my body and, and particularly my brain. So if I'm ever in need of like 
uh, an intense period of motivation or um, perhaps even creativity and inspiration, I'll, I'll still have a cup of coffee, like maybe like this, like one or two. Uh, and, and almost every time I feel like my brain is on, in a good way, like on overdrive. It's really, really cool. So mm. uh, turning like matcha for me is given like a very good baseline level of caffeine. So I'm not like, uh, I, I don't crave it the way I crave coffee, but I, I still have it. It's, it's not as much caffeine. Uh, but now like coffee is a treat that I've, I, I award to my body. And oh, it's, great. it's really weird. I still, I still sometimes ca- catch myself. Uh, I like to bike around New York uh, pretty often. I was passing by a La Colombe. I, I really like to draft lattes. And I felt like almost a, an intense reaction in my body. I was like, I really, really want that latte. Um, it's, so it's, it's always interesting to like, catch those things. It's exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm not yeah. relying on caffeine anymore. I, I'm on, on coffee, actually. Right. If I quit my Still matcha, probably, it, it'd be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but your body just like, it snaps and you're like, oh dude, I really, really need it. And you might even conflate that feeling for others. Maybe I'm just like thirsty or I'm hungry. Uh, but for some reason, coffee for my body has just been like the most clear input to output thing in my life. Like, yeah. When I eat food, yeah, I'm satisfied. It's good. Like it, it, it releases certain signals in my body to like stop being hungry. But nothing quite starts my body off like coffee. You just like, you, you, you feel it in 20 minutes. You yeah. feel amazing. You feel great. Especially like empty stomach in the morning, like forget it. Like you're ready to go. Ooh, like you're ready yeah. to take on the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you you do get uh, you do get immune to that type of stuff. And you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anything bad with uh, with getting used to those type of stimulants. And um, you know, it is good. But I think that to counteract a lot of the negatives of caffeine, you know, because you got to remember the 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 pounding that your heart is taking, right? So if your heart isn't strong enough, similar to, similar to like contrast therapy and cold therapy, things we've been talking about, if your body isn't prepared to handle those stimulants on a daily basis or monthly basis, however you do it, your body's not going to last. I mean, yeah. every, every body has a shelf life, literally. And, yeah. you know, we, whether it's 60 years, 80 years or, you know, 10 days, uh, your body's going to expire soon. And the more stress, pain, um, shitty stuff you put in there or put up against it, um, that's going to dilute those days that you have ahead of you. So I think if you could prepare your body a little bit more and be healthier, I would even challenge you to say, I don't know if there's a study out there, but I'd be interested to know if there was a study of healthy people drinking caffeine versus unhealthy people drinking caffeine and to mm-hmm. see the correlation maybe in a year or two years, what it does to the body. Because I can't imagine an unhealthy person having caffeine and you know eating shitty every single day. I can't imagine that that caffeine is going to be beneficial. Right. Uh, However, what you're talking about is sometimes it helps us cognitively to get shit done. Maybe, uh, you know, sometimes you do a shot of espresso and then go work out. Well, now, obviously, Mm -hmm. that caffeine doesn't matter, right? Because your body's burning off those cows and getting rid of that excess energy. But if you're just standing at a desk in a dorm and you're just hyped up on caffeine. So, by the way, it's slightly unrelated, but it reminds me of something. It's something that I kind of want to start pushing uh, even on on my own account uh, a little bit more. There's like, I talk about the health categories, right? Maybe I didn't mention, but like, I think of every health or lifestyle change under one of five categories is diet, sleep, exercise, mind, and environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within those like lifestyle changes, you have, um, either like something to do. So behavioral change within those five categories, something to buy. So this is like a product or, um, a, a lifestyle choice you'll invest in, like changing your, your food intake. And the third is, um, kind of like helpful content, um, to consume that almost improve your mental model on your daily health decisions. So the reality is that like in the 21st century, we're bombarded with so many different products, um, Mm -hmm. lifestyle choices, everything, a million and one things. 
And a lot of those choices, uh, even though we have like the, the, uh, the appearance of choice, uh, for a healthy person, um, most of these things are not like, they're almost stacked against our health. So that's right. what you talked about, like thinking about um, uh, what we're putting in our body, it just reminded me of, um, I've started to become really interesting in like, both for personal reasons and to like narrate to my, my, my audience, are m- mental models to improve the way you make daily health decisions. Um, and so there's, there's a few of them. Um, like one of them being, uh, I, I mentioned this on one of my previous videos, your body is like, I mean, I don't know if like scientifically this is exactly the way I'm saying it, but um, you're basically, your body is literally made up of all the things you've eaten since you were born. Mm. Um, I, I can't, like when I, when yeah. I start to think about, okay, um, this apple that I'm eating is, is my body is going to use some of it to like grow or replace um, dead cells, or it can use a can of Pringles. Like, I'm not right. sure I want a can of Pringles to like <laughs> go into my bicep, you know? That's right. So uh, that's like an example of, of a mental model. I think that uh, when you like kind of convince people of, or you, you like, you, you, you narrate to people is probably just as useful as like very clearly telling them like, uh, this is a behavioral change you should make, or this is a product mm-hmm. that you should either, um, switch out in your lifestyle. So, well, and, uh, and you know, that way yeah. of th- not to interrupt you, sorry. No, no, no. But th- that way of thinking is not, uh, it's not far fetched considering look at what water so does that, to our yeah. body. You know, water, water to some people, uh, it's just a beverage that keeps me cool. Nah, man, yeah. that's literally like we're made of 70% water. So giving yeah. it to your body, it's going to, on a, on a cellular level, it's going to literally fuel this massive organism. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if that can do that, if water could do that, what's to say your food can't do that. And, uh, studies are showing that it can, in fact. And, uh, you know, when we're putting in these weird substances, that's why you look at like, you ever Google a, a picture of like 1950s uh, U.S. population at the beach or 1950s mm. people at the beach? No, what's that? You, you, you should. 1950s beach picture would probably be the easiest thing to Google. It's in the 1950s. Everyone's in these god-awful swimsuits, right? We know what those are. But every single person is beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're thin. They're Incredible sexy, jaw they're slender, lines. gorgeous jawlines, like fucking yeah. Superman jawlines. Yeah. And then you look at like 2020. Yeah. So in that 50 some odd years, 70 years, what's changed? The right. only it's, thing I, that's changed is food, what we put in our body. hundred percent. It's, it's crazy. So it's, it's wild to think that, okay, so then our body is kind of taking on this foreign substance and all these chemicals. So then once we consume it, well, now our body doesn't know what to do with it, right? Because it's foreign. You know, for hundreds and thousands of years, depending on what religion you believe in, 100,000 years, our bodies have evolved to this thing that we're, we're looking at. It's not meant to take on these chemicals and these pesticides and all this other bullshit. So the more we're putting that into our food, into our body and alcohol and all these different things, caffeine, all this stuff, mm-hmm. it's changing our, our bodies on a, on a cellular level. And our bodies are 100%. trying to evolve and adapt, but it's so weird right because there's nothing on this planet that has to evolve like this like it's not like monkeys are in the jungle dealing with this issue of like you know oh we got to make sure we're staying off fast food no these fucking (laughs) things have eaten the same way for millions of years so it's like so you know you're 100 right and that's that's another like uh, uh, mental model that i like to think about Uh, it's not exactly the lindy effect but i I like to just like derive this this mental model from the lindy effect from what i understand the lindy effect is basically uh if something's been around for a long time you can like bet that it'll be around for an even longer time. Right. So um, the, the way I, I think about it is like, 
okay, if, if humans have been doing it for a super long time, I mean, a thousand years is not a long time. I'm talking about like 10,000, 100,000 years. Uh, if humans have been doing it for, like if a caveman did it, it's probably okay for your body. That's so right. now that's Except not to say that. Meat. Except <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating raw meat probably isn't the best way. But Yeah, exactly. So it, it's like, again, it doesn't completely cover the picture. That doesn't mean that like every human innovation with regards to food is bad, that's but right. considering that like, um, our dietary choices often feel so overwhelming just because like things are stacked against us the way it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, a very helpful mental model that I think will take you like 40 or 50% of the way, which is probably a lot like farther than just the 0% of understanding that I have of like today's <laughs> food standards. Yeah. Um, but like if a caveman ate it, with the exception of raw meat, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's probably good for you. So if you think about it, it's just like eating like um, vegetables the way they came out of the ground, like just um, instead of eating... Uh, for example, actually, funny enough, I'm, I'm curious to see what your uh, your opinion is on this. And and I did this mostly for anecdotal reasons, but like I cut out most bread in my diet, mm-hmm. and it's it's helped a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Focusing on just like simple foods, non-processed in the way that like bread doesn't grow out of the ground. Yeah, like wheat does, and we turn it into bread. But just yeah. try to eat something that is as close to the version of it that came out of the ground or off a tree or something like that. Um, totally. That that to me is like the way I interpret like the Lindy effect within uh, uh, the function of like how I make day-to-day dietary choices, health choices in general. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, you know, that kind of goes back to what we're talking about with social media too, right? Social media and TV Mm -hmm. and, you know, all these things that are keeping us preoccupied. Um, It's keeping us from doing things that our bodies are meant to do, you know? And you you look at like the human evolution and where it's kind of going, it's sort of terrifying uh, for a lot of reasons. And I think the big reason for me in particular, just from an outside perspective, uh, looking at uh, these zoo creatures um, called the human race is you look at these folks and some people are like they're not caring about their body and they're you know they're accepting for who they are and no matter what you look like or what you eat or what you you know identify as like whatever like you look at yourself as if you are who you are and this is you and that's it well that can't always be true because what if you're Ted Bundy you know what if you're what if you're not a good person? Should they accept who they are? No, I think it's I think it's important to note that not everybody's perfect. Perfect. In fact, mm-hmm. no one is perfect, and we all have flaws and we all have improvements. And identifying those flaws and improving on them is more motivating than um, showcasing those flaws. And yeah. I think we're we're in an interesting time to where we're kind of like showcasing everything that's creating this laziness, which is like people are less focused more on your health and they're more focused on like, well, it is what it is type of mentality. And that type of shit is going to make us, you know, not prepared for those saber tooth tigers. Let's put it that way. We're not going to be able to handle those, those negatives, Mm -hmm. which is why I love contrast therapy is because it does humble the body. And I feel like the lazier we get, you know, the more cocky we're getting and it's right. scary. I mean, just this situation becomes so multifaceted because like, I think we've, we've lulled ourselves into a self of like acceptance where mm. just like acceptance. So, um, as a society, we've started like accepting that we should have accepted a long time ago, right. but within that like wave of acceptance, a few things have gotten like passed along that I think I don't think should have. So for example, um, just be like, yeah, man, like eat whatever you want or like just live your life. Um, like put whatever you want in your body. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's the a bit YOLO complicated. The YOLO mentality type point. stuff. Yeah. The witch mentality? The YOLO. 
Yeah, they, oh, yeah. especially the yellow mentality. Yeah, like I could not agree more. Like, yes, you only live once, so like take care of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like focus on the things that you're putting in your body. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost a- like this nothing matters, so everything matters kind of mentality. I mean, mm, yeah. like because you live once, you better be super careful about what you put into your body, how you make it count, all those things. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, I, I, I have this conversation because, you know, I'm in my mid-30s and uh, I've bought in a, a couple houses here in Florida and, and sold them and opened up businesses and things like that. And, you know, a lot of my friends are like, you know, um, I don't want to say envious, but, you know, they ask me for advice and I try to do what I can. But the biggest thing, if I was to be a financial advisor and to look at people's issues, um, a lot of people are complaining about money and that inflation this and inflation that. And I, I think there is a level of that. And But, you know, uh, the world has always, you know, um, gotten more and more expensive over the years. You know, mm-hmm. back in, uh, again, back in the 1950s, houses were $30,000 a year or $30,000 for a house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now you can't get a house less than $700,000. So, and it's not going to go down. It's always going to go up. And for that, minimum wage has increased and, you know, people are getting paid for being a TikTok influencer. Like there's, there's positives, right, to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the issue that we run into is because things continuously get better on this planet, no matter what people say or think, things have gotten vastly better um, than what they did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years no ago. No doubt. Like, things are a lot better. Like, we used to hunt other villagers and kill their women and take their children as slave. Like, so I think things have gotten better. Um, yeah. With that said, though, people always want to blame everything else for their financial issues. And I think it's right. an easy way out versus if you make $35,000 a year, you could live. You're not going to have the new iPhone. You're not going to have the Tesla Roadster, but you can live, you can survive. And if we can get, get out of like having things as a whole and just mm-hmm. taking care of like our bodies and the people around us and the people we love, I, I yeah. think that's where we see true happiness. And that's one thing I've found with focusing more on your body and humbling yourself a little bit more is if you could get away from all the shit outside and you could focus more on like what's inside your four walls yeah. and you feel a lot better because you don't have any stress. You don't have to worry about anything, you know? hundred percent. Dude, I love conversations like these. This feels incredible. I feel, first of all, I feel like I'm learning stuff, which is great. Uh, and I oh, love same. bouncing off, especially about like health. It's just such a it's relatable a fun topic. A hundred percent. So here, I'm curious. Uh, this is something that I've, I've kind of been like... Um, Thinking about mostly now, I've like I've made a lot of uh, physical changes to my lifestyle mm-hmm. in an effort to like feel more energetic and motivation motiva- motivated. Um, but now it's almost it's like a, a feedback loop with like the mental side of things. And, and you you kind of alluded to it when um, there's so many interesting both like I'm not just talking about like uh, the way your brain works right and like chemicals and and your body priming itself for certain things like the the, the coffee aroma example yeah uh, but also just like from a purely subconscious mental even like perhaps a spiritual uh, level so things like meditation and whatnot mm-hmm. um, and obviously your your mind and body are infinitely connected like it's a, it's a con- your body your your brain sends signals to your body and your body sends signals to your brain and it's just like they work off each other uh, but I'm curious like how do you think about like the line between um, physical improvement and mental improvement and like how they, they, they conjoin together. That's a good question. I mean, I've, um, I have some interesting, uh, thoughts on that. The, the biggest thing I would say is, um, more importantly than physical health and mental health, I think the, um, the studies that are coming out with the gut and the microbiome mm-hmm. in the gut to me yeah. is way more fascinating because yeah. I think in five years or 10 years or 20 years, 
we're going to realize that the brain is very important, obviously. But in terms of signals, I think the microbiome sends more signals around because the brain is telling us what to function, what to do. I think it's all connected from, from mind to gut. If you don't have one or the other, you're going to have some problems. I think if yeah. you have a very uh, sound mind and you're, uh, you're taking care of your mental health, but you're in you know, shitty, shitty physical health, then I think your mind is going to suffer and vice versa. Yeah. So and, it's crazy how they're all connected. Immediately when my brain goes, um, again, I, I'm very like oriented. Okay. What do I do? Like what's actionable? What's simple? Uh, like, what can I do to fix it? I think that's just like what le has lent itself to, uh, I think of my content doing very well. People find it very relatable and yeah. actionable. So like, Sorry. I'm confident. I don't know what it is, but I'm confident. There's like maybe three to five lifestyle changes I can make to absolutely completely rehaul the way my gut interacts with the rest of my body. I'm confident. And I did, I did come across uh, a lot of interesting content about like the gut. Uh, it, it really is. It's just like almost like the, the, the it's like a second brain. It was, yeah, exactly. It's inside of your mm -hmm. body and the, the amount of like uh, bacteria and, and organisms that, that sit in your gut and inform a lot of the bodily functions that we have. It's not uh, this, there's something there. And, yeah, it, and it, it excites me. That's what I meant to say. It excites me to think about this kind of stuff. It doesn't overwhelm me anymore because I know that there are five things that I can do that'll probably change it. Like I said, I don't know what they are, but That's right. a and few cursory searches. You know, I think if anybody could take anything from this, um, as we wrap it up, I think the big thing to take from this is this seems overwhelming. It seems like a lot, you know, mm -hmm. new habits in 30 days. It's a lot like take yeah. care of, uh, you know, your, your mind and your gut and your body and not eating right. It's a lot, right? Yeah. Like not having caffeine. It's a lot. We get, Ugh. but here's the thing. It's only a lot because you're filling your brain with pointless shit. And that's what I tell people all the time is it only seems like a lot when I have these conversations, I talk to people and they're like, oh man, this is just it's way too much to handle. I can't. Well, let's yeah. say if your brain, right, you only have like a thousand points of bandwidth in here. Well, yeah. if you're spending 900 of those points on Hulu shows, TikTok, this and that, then yeah, of course, you're not going to have room for cold therapy and for eating right and for health. So you have to make room for the other stuff like you're your, uh, your house inside your head is only big enough for one family member, right? Like you can't have, yeah. you can't have all these different family members come and hanging out and visit because you just, you don't have enough room. So you have to fill 100%. it with some good stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I, 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 I always empathize with people. It's just like, listen, foregoing junk food is hard. Um, trying to like wane, wane off caffeine to an extent is hard. That's right. Um, working out every day is hard. Um, maintaining like an active lifestyle is hard. And it, it, frankly, a lot of those things, it sucks. But what sucks even more is just like being fucking tired all the time. It's painful. It, it hurts. And it like, you just got to like weigh the pros and cons, decide what your priorities are. Um, and for me, that priority has been to just like feel more energetic and feel better about my body. And so in that light and with a lot of the other mental models that we, we spoke about, um, for me, it's just like the decisions become so clear. I want to live a long, healthy life. Um, I know that on the other side of like this veil, uh, like my body knows that TikTok is bad for me and like Instagram is bad for me, but just like, I can't wait off of it. But knowing that, you know, there's like comfort on the other side for me motivates me a lot. Being conscious of it and being aware of it. Yeah. No, that, that, that's great, dude. Um, just well said overall, man. And I, I wish we could talk uh, for longer. Maybe mm -hmm. let's do this again. 
you know, if you got, I would love got, to. Yeah, yeah, if you got some time in the next couple of weeks, we can dive into a lot of topics. But for people that are just uh, listening um, or watching, uh, where can they find you on TikTok, Instagram, all that? And, um, you know, hopefully they can reach out to you. Yeah. So uh, my TikTok is I'm a crispy nugget. Yeah, weird username, but <laughs> I made it a long time ago. I love and it. decided out of principle I wasn't going to change it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, or uh, you know, follow me on Instagram. You know what I like? I like when people people started to DM me asking me specific questions. And so like I'm not a um, an cool. expert, but I've gotten very good at experimentation on my lifestyle and other people's lifestyles. So DM yeah. me. I'm, my my handle is Osama O S A M A H Q U E on I love Instagram. It. And I'll leave all of his uh, his links in the episode notes. But Osama, this was this was great, man. Again, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll DM you after this as we close it out. But uh, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate you. Stay uh, stay nice and cool up there in New York. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do. And we'll talk soon. I appreciate bud. the time. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. Enjoy your week. All right, take care.